Hello, welcome back to another episode. I am sorry I have not done one in a while. Things have been hectic with baby and she's been fine. I just, everyone that's been helping usually has been sick or, yeah, mostly sick or we've been away, etc. all the things. Anyway, today I have an amazing mumpreneur on with me and I did speak about her in my last episode. Her name's Georgie. She owns the Women's Collective and she gave me some beautiful advice, which I'll let her tell her story with business and motherhood and everything because it really helped me. She replied to one of my stories when I was just struggling, like I was just just going through the trenches and it's a bit better now, but her words really stuck with me and I thought she could share them with you as well, especially if you're a mum in business. I feel like it will help. So thank you so much for finally being here. It's taken us a couple we of are weeks, here. but we're Thank here. you for having me, Ella. It's so lovely to be here. Um, yeah. I remember the first time we had to reschedule and you you said, oh, I'm really sorry. And I just said, there is literally nothing to be sorry about. It is mum life. That's just what happens. So, I yeah, I totally get it. It has taken a couple of weeks and then I got the time zone wrong, which is just classic me. So, anyway, we're here. We've made it happen. We're here. It's all good. I feel like daylight savings kicked in after I sent the invite, which I know that for us, I don't think it makes yeah, a difference. Yeah, it doesn't make a difference for us, but it reminded me when you, when I got that message from you that mm. you were in, in the podcast and I was not, I was like, oh my gosh, it, we've come into the season of me being late for every single meeting because in Brisbane, we don't have daylight saving, but everywhere else seems to have it. So it reminded me that I'm yeah, now knee deep into yeah. missing meetings season. Oh dear. I hate that we have like three different time zones in one. It's just not, I'm not someone who's particularly detail oriented. I'm very creative. I have very big picture ideas, but uh, yeah, sticking close to details is a tricky one for me. Yeah. That's all right. We're here. We made it all good. Doesn't matter. Um, I did want to jump in with just you telling us a little bit about your business and your story from transitioning into business into, with motherhood and how you're juggling it and all yeah, of all of the of things. things. Well, before we pressed record, I was just having a chat to you and I was saying um, that there's a photo of me five days after my son was born at home and I am wearing compression stockings. I'm wearing a belly band because I've had a C-section and I look absolutely what you would expect a mum five days postpartum <laughs> to look like. My son's laying on the ground on his play pen and I am taking photos. I'm content creating on my phone. And I was just explaining to you that that was such an sp- amazing special moment for me because for the first time in you know five days but longer through most of the pregnancy, it felt like the pendulum was swinging back the other way to me rediscovering who I was again. And as much as I love and adore my son and he's the best thing that's ever, ever happened to me, the sense of loss when you go into the hospital and come out with the baby, the the loss of self is un believable. It is so indescribable. I used to say to people that um, when I went into the hospital, that version of me never came out and no one ever said that that was going to happen. I mean, not, not that's people's job to tell me, but I guess you don't know until you've been in that situation. But mm. yeah, so, you know, when, I, when my son was um, a newborn, I managed to taste this little piece of who I was before kids and who I was before pregnancy and and kind of who I'd come to know myself to be from an identity perspective, work being a really, really large part of that. And then to be in that moment where I, I felt there was this tiny glimmer of having both, like, wow, I can do this. I've got my beautiful son. I, I can see him, but I'm doing my job and I'm taking photos and I'm doing everything that I love for myself. And it was a really, really lovely moment. Um, And I think potentially I was a little bit naive because I really thought that the newborn stage was kind of the hardest and then the further away you get from birth and newborn and pregnancy, the easier it is to find balance and to 
create this new normal. And what I was saying to you just before we hit record was I think I really stepped back into work at around about, you know, anywhere from sort of two to six weeks old when he was really, really little. And then once he went past the potato stage and, you know, it started to really want to roll around and make noise and need more attention, I think that for me was when the penny dropped of, oh, wow, this is going to be an insane juggle and it's also going to be a juggle for the indefinite future. Yeah. That is, like, I I also had to work. I feel like I, I didn't want to, but I had to. But amazing that your brain was working well enough that you could work. Because I remember writing a strategy when Navy, Navy was two weeks old and I was like, this, this doesn't make sense. Like, I couldn't finish my sentences. I couldn't think properly. Um, I just think the whirlwind of hormones and everything, the sleep deprivation. I was so amazing that you I think because my <laughs> I think because a done. lot of my work is um, <laughs> and a lot of the way I've structured my business is I'm very heavily in creative all the time. So whether it be content creation or mm-hmm. um, social media, you know, campaigns and bits and pieces like that, I don't do a lot of you know, paperwork or um, planning per se, I do a lot of the implementation Mm. of the creative. So for me personally, I couldn't wait to get back to that stuff because the thing is, you know, creative really thrives in what's happening in your life. And I think once I had a newborn, my brain was like, this is incredible. Like you have this infinite love and this explosion of happiness and love and peace and all of these things that you've been looking for. We're just going to fire off all this, yeah, creative energy. So it was it was really lovely to, to feel like that. I mean, obviously I still had days where I was really tired and didn't want to do anything. But I think in the early days, I definitely felt a lot of um, positivity and energy and excitement around being able to bring this newfound passion into into my work. That's amazing. That's so good. That's good. Yeah, I feel like um, everyone has a completely different experience postpartum or the whole thing is completely different for everyone. But some of the advice that you gave me, especially I think it was around maybe the four and a half or five month mark whenever I did those stories when I was like, She's just not sleeping and I don't know how I'm going to work at all. And exactly like what you were saying, like I have all these ideas and all these things that like I really want to do and I'm so used to my business being at a certain level that it took me a long time just to surrender to the fact that I, I really had to downsize and I had to let go of clients and team members left and I just had to make it like a really small, manageable thing where really in the past I've I've had business coaches when they're like do more how much how much have you made this week how much have you made this month and and just so so used to like that constant push that I just had to really be like no I'm not in that season of growth I'm just in the season of maintenance learning how to be a mum and being the best mum and exactly bringing the business down to a level where it's just a maintenance it's not in a growth phase and I just had to be okay with that and that took a that took a lot to just oh gosh absolutely I I can really sympathize with how that feels and and how hard that would have been for you and it's it's something I definitely hear a lot for me I almost kind of had the opposite experience which you know has its like challenges as well but so a little bit of my backstory I struggled pretty much my whole adult life with a lot of significant depression and anxiety. Um, So pretty much I started my own business because I was not mentally um, capable of working kind of like a full-time job in a, you know, work environment. It's just it took – it made me so, so exhausted and I needed to really get serious about, okay, if I'm – going to heal myself and and work through my trauma and really get to the bottom of all this crap so that I can be the adult and mother and partner that I want to be in the future, then I have to make some, like, really big choices now. So I spent 
most of my 20s like the opposite of hustling. Like I was very much what can I do to bring myself joy? What can I do with my work that makes me really happy? How do I wake up on Monday and not feel anxious or a sense of foreboding because I've created a life that's very, very happy and and very peaceful and quite slow. And so I kind of had the opposite to you in that I spent most of my 20s feeling really left behind and feeling really insecure and like even when I look at your stuff I'm like damn she is killing it like she's doing such a good job and I was very hard on myself in like well maybe if I just worked harder I could have a business that big or you know like there was a lot of I suffered with a lot of comparison um before having kids because I felt really lazy I was like I have all the time in the world and I'm not you know I'm not earning $250,000 a year. Like what am I doing? But then when my son came along, I realized how much that had prepared me for parenthood in that I hadn't built up something so huge that I had to Mm. step away from or really significantly compromise when having children. And, you know, I had a lot of struggles prior to kids, but the benefit, I guess, was that when he came along, I found it easier to manage both. But having said that, you know, everyone has a different experience. And with kids, like from month to month, it's different. Sometimes you have a month where they're going to sleep seven till seven and you you think, what is this magic? What What is this? Let's have seven kids. This is incredible. <laughs> yeah. And then you have other months where they wake up, you know, yeah. for four hours in the middle of the night and you are like, what have I done? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's very fluid. Um, yeah. And I think you know, that, that for me was the challenge of sort of slowing down in business wasn't as prevalent, but it's definitely still something you feel when you have so much creative urge. And then you realize that you don't have the um, disposable time to make something happen. Yeah. It's like, even yesterday, I just really had so many ideas and I was like, I need, you know, when you get that buzz and you're like I just need to go create this now otherwise I'll wake up tomorrow and it's gone that kind of thing and I had that yesterday but she just wasn't napping and I was like yes like the one day I I really want to make something you're just not napping like and we had swimming lessons I was like great usually after swimming she'll sleep for like an hour or two and I'll knock out these things and she slept for like half an hour and then she's like, I'm You know, ready, you ready. just can't predict. <laughs> okay. You just simply can't predict what it's going to be like. No. Um, and I think a point that you made mm. before or a word that you used before when you said surrendering, there's so much in that. You know, that really is the mm. crux of it because mm. you are surrendering. In pregnancy, you are surrendering your body and in motherhood you are surrendering your life and your time to these children and it is the ultimate blessing but it's also a struggle as you know when you're 30 and you've lived 30 years as an independent being and then suddenly someone else's needs that are often not rational (laughs) come before yours um But something that somebody said to me once when I had a newborn really, really struck me. can't even remember who it was, sorry. Um, But they said, you know, I said, I'm struggling with this, that and the other. And she said, and I, I said, oh, you know, when I didn't have children, I was, this is what life looked like or this, that and the other. And she said, yeah, but you chose to have kids, right? Like, like that was an intentional choice that you made. And I said, yeah. And she said, So I say that because it means that the things that you're lamenting on weren't serving you anymore. You had realized that you had outgrown that life, that you wanted something different, that you wanted to put it down deeper roots. And so she said, of course, you're going to feel like that, but don't get lost in that because when you were in that spot, you wanted where you are now. And I thought that was really, really powerful and that's something I definitely took away in the first sort of 12 months of motherhood but yeah I mean it's brutal it's it challenges you and stretches you and you know confuses you to within an inch of your life but at the same time you look at their little face and you're like oh this is the best thing ever it's it's wild yeah yeah 
It is. And you're so tired and I feel like the nights are hard and then you wake up in the morning you look at their face and you're like, oh, my God, I yes. just love you so I once much. read a post that Steph like, Claire Smith had put up when she had a newborn and I really admired her a lot at the time and so I think she was about four months ahead of me in pregnancy and I would sort of like going back to that comparison thing. But and she put a post up after her son was born and she said yeah. something like, the nights feel impossible or, you know, you have these challenging nights, but all is forgiven in the morning. And I just felt that so strongly mm-hmm. when my son was born. You can be delusional. You can be just so exhausted, like you want to cry. You just want to, you know, jump in bed and pull the covers over and just make the, everything go away. But in the morning that joy just comes back as fiercely and as strongly and makes everything worth it so how are you going with navy tell me where she at at the moment face and i want more she's eight months tomorrow and she's just the happiest little bub like she's amazing she bring like she she really does bring so much joy to everyone we just went on holiday we went to port douglas and then we went to brizzy and she was just making friends with everyone. Like I was, I was a bit anxious about the flight just cause mm. I'm already an anxious flyer. Um, so I was like all the tips on how to not make, like how to make them happy and not cry. Cause everyone says babies cry on takeoff and landing because of their ears. She was so happy. She was laughing and singing and she just, she just learned to crawl. So she was mm. just so desperate for me to put her down so that she could go and just crawl. Um, and I feel like she brought me mm. such a sense of calm on that flight because she was okay and I had something really to focus on. And um, all my anxiety about the flight, like we had to have wow. three flights and I was fine on all of them, which is huge because usually I am so anxious and there was so much turbulence from Brizzy to Perth. And all I could think about was I'm just like, yeah. I'm on a train. <laughs> Babies fine. are so magical. It's they just, just bring <laughs> I felt like before my son was born, there was a part of me that definitely felt that life was very hard and it was harder than I anticipated it to be or had a sense of what was fair for it to be. But I I really felt a deep sense of struggle with the whole idea of just life feeling hard. And then when Bowie was born everything suddenly became technicolor like life is still hard and there's still so many Mm. challenges but the the love and happiness and joy that having him has brought into my life just makes everything pale in comparison um I think that's one of the when new mums talk to me about the juggle and how to do it and you know how did I get through the first 12 months I think I remind them and also remind myself at the same time of the level of joy that perhaps didn't exist before and that everything is temporary. Yeah, I mean, I know it's so cliche, but if you can get, com- as, a, as a new mum, if you can get comfortable with the idea that not every day will go to plan, but your overall plan will, like if you know that you want to achieve something and you've set your mind on it, if you can be flexible with what day you achieve it and how you get there and what that looks like, then you're absolutely set. If you want every day to look the exact same and you want to have a routine, I mean, to be fair, you could probably make that happen, but it's about surrendering to the immediate and knowing that your future is still waiting mm-hmm. for you when you get there and that you're not behind if you don't get there in the time frame that you expect to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it's been hard juggling work and I have one day of work a week on Tuesdays and then I can do some on the weekends, but I feel like I get to the weekend and I'm so tired. Um, but like the last few weeks we've been away and then mum was sick. So I didn't have my Tuesdays. So that was really hard and I just had to just try smash out as much as possible when, like, I didn't know how long she's going to be sleeping for, right, in her nap. So just trying to smash out as much as possible in her nap. But I still got it done. 
And this is the thing, like Sorry. when people say to me, "That's a win." I just didn't. I've had a, I had a conversation with um, a female founder who's running a really big startup in LA at the moment, and she was asking me about fertility and you know when should she have kids and what was my experience like having kids whilst also running my own business. And the thing I said to her was, mm. "You will be so surprised at how you make it happen anyway." you will have less time than you've ever had and yet you will achieve twice as much. Your productivity goes out, like goes through the roof and you just can't fathom it because that's not where you are right now and you've only known this much luxury of time or this much disposable income or whatnot. But there's something about becoming a parent that just condenses all of the things that need to happen into like, all right, let's go. We make it happen. We, it, I don't know. It just, it just happens. It's crazy. I've never known myself to be so productive. And, you know, in certain ways, like I've been in certain ways, I've actually been more successful and achieved more since having children because I've had a time pressure that I've never experienced before. And I've had a lot of soul searching of, okay, how badly do I want this? Do I want this so much that I am willing to work from the minute he goes down for a nap until the minute he gets up and then when he goes to bed until 9 p.m. at night and then go to sleep and then, you know, do night feeds? Is that how badly I want it? Yep, cool, then let's do it. It just, there's something that really drives you because you also have the perspective of raising someone and teaching them how to be human. I want him to grow up knowing that I was a present mother. We had a happy home. We had enough money, but I wasn't distracted, but I still went after my own goals and I still did things for me, but that no one really sacrificed too deeply. Like I didn't, nothing is going to make him sacrifice too much and nothing is going to make me sacrifice too much. I think that's, that's a, you know, kind of like this compass point that keeps you on track when you're trying to juggle and do all of the things. Yeah. And I, I have to remind myself of that as well. Like I have to be grateful that I do have a business where I can work in her naps. Like I can work from home when she's asleep. And I, when I, first had her I struggled with that because I just all I wanted was a maternity leave all I wanted was just to have those weeks with her uninterrupted and um that wasn't possible and I cried so much but I had to just really remind myself no like I have to be grateful for the business that I've created so that I can work in her naps and I can still be there with her because if I say I had a, just a normal job where I had to go into an office and I had to go back to work, that wouldn't be yeah, possible. Absolutely. And the thing is, there's also, mm. I think women and especially business owners don't give themselves enough grace to hold both things at once. It's almost like we struggle mm. with celebrating our own achievements but we're very happy to be open about the things that we struggle with because it's almost like this martyrdom, right? Like, oh, I will talk about all of the things I don't like about my life or I struggle about my life because then I'll be relatable or, you know, then I'm not going to look like I'm too egotistical. But, Mm. you know, you can hold both of those at one point. You can feel a lot of grief that you don't, you didn't end up in a place where you had a nine to five that paid 18 weeks maternity leave but you can also be super grateful that the life you have built is flexible and the thing is as mothers and just humans in general we can change that at any point and we reserve the right to change that at any point like when my son was born it just never crossed my mind that I would ever put him in daycare because I had been a nanny and I had had a nanny agency yeah and so I just had never dealt with daycare never thought about never even considered it I was like I'm I'm literally a nanny by trade (laughs) I'm not gonna put my kid in daycare and then when he got to I think it was about Navy's age about eight months I suddenly said to my partner I need a break I need time I need 
to not be, <laughs> yeah. as much as I love his cuddles, I need to not be touched every single second of every day and I need apple puree not smeared down my shirt within five seconds of putting it on. And, you know, and I tried, obviously I felt guilt and I thought, oh, you know, why bother having a child if I'm not going to stay home with him? I thought all of those things. But I had to give myself perspective and I also had to give myself grace that it's okay if my mind changes. It is okay if what I once wanted I don't want anymore and vice versa. Mm. Yeah. I'm just trying to get, like, come to terms with that as well because she loves people. Like, we go out, we go to the shops, we go do things and she's just looking at everyone, smiling, like trying to trying to interact with them. I'm like, I think she yeah. really wants to go to a daycare or, like, I think she'll thrive there because she'll make friends and she'll, like, yeah. So I'm just trying to come to terms with the fact with, okay, well, why don't we start with a creche? once a week for an hour yeah. just so that I can get comfortable yeah. with someone else watching it. Um, so we're going to start with yeah, that. Yeah, I think I that's think a really good week plan. Or next week. I don't know. We went and checked Ease it out. yourself into it. I mean, obviously leaving your child yeah. with someone else is a huge thing emotionally. And I'll be honest, the day that we did the yeah. daycare tour, I was really emotional. Not necessarily because I was leaving him for one day a week, mm. but I suddenly saw out stretched in front of me and I think this is what people say when they say that the days are long but the years are short you know I had we had him and we went in to do this daycare tour and he was yeah about nine months and I watched the children playing and he went and sort of had a play and he was having a great time and I watched him kind of be 10 meters away from me and then I just suddenly had this realization of that is only going to get further and further away like physically he's only now going to continue to be further away from me for longer because first it's one day of a week at daycare and then it's three days a week of preschool and then it's five days away of kinder and the 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 sadness and the grief and you know that real sense of emotion just completely overwhelmed me and I was like a crazy person standing in the middle of the daycare bawling my eyes out and the poor educator was like oh it's okay. It's all right. He'll be Fair fine enough. here. And I said, I know, I know he'll be fine here, but that's, that's what's so sad to me. Like he doesn't need me 24 seven, yeah. like he did when he was a baby. And I think, you know, that, that was what yeah. took time for me as a mother to get my head around. But, you know, there's also in every thing that you lose along the way, as they get older, there's something really beautiful to be gained on the other side. And that is, you know, watching him interact with children and have such a good time and see that social skill building, you know, that, that to me was a beautiful payoff to the sadness that maybe I was feeling to be away from him. So just give yourself time and space with that one. And you just have this, like, you have this sense that you just want to protect them with every sense of your being. And then that, like you said, that gets less and less because you're spending less time with them and when when I when I went in there, she was like, "What are you so afraid of?" And I was like, I, "Well, this is my first child, and no one has what like only me or a family member has watched her. No one that I don't know has ever watched her before." And she's like, "Oh, it's fine. You should be fine." I'm like, "But I've just heard so much, like so many horror stories, and I know like if we're starting with an hour, that's fine. Like she'll be okay." But it's scary. Like you don't know these people. <laughs> yeah, look, you know, I think everything, um, motherhood changes everything, parenthood changes everything, but life will change whether we are an active part of that or not. You can't just hold on to things forever because they feel safe or they feel comfortable or they're enjoyable in that moment. And I think one of the biggest lessons you can learn as a parent, which as you rightly said, is just to surrender to that and go with it Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of joy to be found. Um, And if you get stuck in feelings of wishing things would go back the way they were or lamenting on the way things used to be, all that that's going to do is take the joy out of this stage and that's not going to last forever either. Yeah. And I, I like what you were saying with the comparison. I get stuck in that, but now, like, I get stuck in the comparison of mothers that have their 
own businesses and with babies that might be just a little bit older than Navy and I'm watching them like creating daily vlogs and doing all this stuff. I'm like, how the F are you doing this? <laughs> like, how do you have the energy to film everything you're doing and then edit it and put it into a video? And I like, I really need to be like, okay, now I'm going to sit down and reply to my emails. <laughs> I think it comes down yeah. to individual goals and what's important to each person. I mean, I see that too. I see um, content creators and influencers and they do all of this cool stuff and I'm like, man, wouldn't it be amazing to just sit down and, well, first of all, have the energy to record everything I'm doing because I I start it all the time and then I do two things Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, there goes that vlog. It's literally 4 p.m. and I've recorded nothing else. Um, You know, I, I definitely see things like that, especially in the landscape of social media and compare, but then I have to remind myself, okay, what are my key goals, values, life design priorities, being present with my son, working. So I, I don't work more than three hours a day. That's my max. And I have at least one full day off with him every week. So you know, my, my hours that I am willing and happy to work are are quite limited. I mean, having said that, if a client needs me, of course, you know, if, if, if there needs to be adjustments to that, then of course I will. But I have very specific hours that I want to work per week. And my priority is being present to my son and being present with him and joyous to the point where I feel like maybe it's not, if it's too, if it's too much, I'll say, okay, you know, I need to do a bit more work this week or I need to go out with my girlfriends or I need to do whatever. Um, perhaps these mums and these influencers, their priority is documentation of their life. And maybe they're really drawn by, um, driven by having a long-term, um, project to look back on that showed them, but you know, that's, that's their priority. If that's what they're motivated by, then that's what they'll do. But oh, 100%. Not for me. definitely come down to like also mindset and maybe that's what they need and, you know, all of the different things. Whereas I, I remind myself as well, well, I have my business and that's that's the thing that I, I check in with at least once a day. Um, so for them creating this content, that's, that's their business, right? That's what yeah. they do. So it's all everyone's experience and journey is different, but I definitely get stuck in the comparison of how do you have so much energy to do all this mm-hmm. stuff? But then again, every baby is different too. So. Mm-hmm. And, and I think like, Navy is such a good baby. She's just so happy. And I mean, all babies are good babies, but she's just such a happy little chick. Like mm-hmm. it, look at her. I'm like, I just want so many of you, specifically you. Yes. <laughs> just the best. Yeah, when we have a good day with Bowie, I'm like, let's have seven. Let's honestly yeah. just, you know, but then, yeah. And doesn't I was, always I was like never that. a person. I wasn't ever clucky. I wasn't ever like, we need to have babies. We need to have this many. Bart was always the driver of that. He was mm-hmm. like, when are we going to have babies? Like, let's start trying. I was like, okay, well, we need to move back to Perth first. Can't, I'm not having babies in Adelaide without my mum and support. Yeah. And... Uh, even throughout my pregnancy, I wasn't clucky, which yeah, is weird. Wow. Like, I wasn't like, oh, I need this many, babe. Like, and then as soon as she was born, I was like, holy shit, I want three, three. Yeah. And Bart's like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I want three babies. I just want them crawling all over me. I want to hold them. And <laughs> I remember being in the hospital and someone said to me, oh, so what about, you know, when are you going to have the second baby? Like how long do you think it'll be? And I Ah, uh, whoa, 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 whoa! I have just had a very traumatic birth and a C-section, oh. and I've been in hospital for five days. Let's not talk about the second baby yet. But yeah. now that Isn't now that, that we're in toddlerhood, and we're so far away f- from the peace of newborn life, I do find myself wistfully thinking, "Oh wow, you know, newborn life was really easy. It would be so lovely to do- <laughs> to do that again." I think comparison yeah. is is a really big part of human nature. And mm-hmm. if you're looking at it from a um, mindfulness point of view, 
the best way to approach or to conquer um, comparison is to do it, have the thought, Mm -hmm. compare. The more that you put up a mental barrier in your brain and go, oh, no, no, we can't do that because that's bad, well, the more that your brain's going to idolise that and want to do that. So when I ever feel like I'm comparing myself, I kind of not go down a rabbit hole, but I really think about it, okay, what is causing me envy? What is making me feel jealous? Why is that Mm -hmm. making me feel jealous? Okay, great. Is there something that I'm wanting in my life that I can get inspired by and try and achieve in my own life? Um, Or is it just the idea that someone is more successful than me, even if I don't want to be that successful? Yeah, exactly. It's really good to have that self-awareness and to be able to have that self-inquiry. When I'm when I am not sleep deprived, it's really easy to do that. But I think when the sleep deprivation hits, all bets are off. <laughs> sleep deprivation sleep. is <sighs> unreal. It's like torture. Do you know what? Um, World first exclusive. My partner and I have just um, made a decision to relocate from Brisbane to Newcastle. So we're making a very big move into stay. We're moving about nine hours south of where we currently live, if anyone doesn't know those places. And uh, my partner got offered a job that paid significantly more, which was obviously as a young family something that got our, got our attention. Uh, but the catch is that she'll be working nights and I am – petrified I'm not gonna lie I'm petrified ironically I was laying awake last night sleeping not being able to sleep thinking about it because uh four nights a week three to four nights a week she'll be um at work literally overnight all night and I'll be doing the night wake-ups and then working as well um and it is causing me a little bit of anxiety but it just goes back to that same thing right you know what do you want your life to look like what are you willing to sacrifice for that and you know, nothing that, nothing just gets handed to you. I said this to somebody the other day. I said, no one's going to tap you on the shoulder and walk up to you and say, here's your dream. You know, you have to actually be proactive in chasing after that. And I think a lot of people make the mistake, and this is also, you know, something that goes in business as well, is people will start a business and they'll start kind of marketing it to the best of their ability on social media. And when it doesn't, go viral or blow up they're like oh gee I guess business just isn't for me and oh you know I guess my product mustn't have a niche in the market because it's not selling I mean there are times yes where potentially a business idea isn't the best or potentially there's some work that needs to be done on that product or service before it's really ready for market but most of the time it's not the lack of customer it's the lack of reaching the customer and I think building up the confidence to go, okay, I'm going to try again. I'm going to try a different way. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to refocus and really be honest with myself about how hard I'm working for this goal. That's where the magic Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. I remember how hard I worked to get my first five clients and then like you get to your first 10 clients, right? But it wasn't just through social media. Like you do everything. Yeah. It's word of mouth. It's going to networking events. It's putting yourself in those Facebook groups, starting conversations. It's like really putting yourself out there, not just being like, oh, this post didn't do well and I have no leads. You can't just rely on that. And like that's why I started YouTube and podcasting and all the things hundred percent. I think two things. Number one, everyone's been to one of those creepy cult-like networking events. They rock up and they try and get recruited into it. And you, and you think to yourself, what have I gotten myself into? If you haven't found yourself in a networking event that is really just a bit weird and creepy, then you have not networked enough. Um, and number two, this is the biggest piece of advice that I give to new clients or people that DM me and ask for advice, you know, um, how do I market my business? I said, I say, be everywhere or at least be more places than just Instagram. When people say to me, oh, how many platforms do I have to have? I say, Instagram and Facebook is like a must. Facebook kind of goes in ha- hand in hand with Instagram. 
Um, and then you need to pick something like TikTok or Pinterest. If you can't do both, then pick one. But you need to be moving towards the view of being on every surface and every platform and being on it well. And that's a really yeah. hard truth to hear and it's really overwhelming it's and it doesn't need to be done today. But that's if you really want true market success, that's what you're aiming for. Yeah. Bart keeps, like, he's in my ear. He's like, when are you going to get back into YouTube? When are you going to post more YouTube? I'm like, I literally don't have time to record a podcast. What makes you think I have time to do YouTube? But it's just, like, because it's so evergreen, it's just ticking along. Like, we have the views are going up, the subscribers are going up, and people are commenting going, oh, can you do an update of this video? I haven't done a video in, like, a year and a half. But it's just, it ticks along because it's so evergreen. Exactly. Get into it, and that's the thing. What's, this is what social media does for you. Perhaps not Instagram as much. I think the Instagram landscape has it's changed happening. significantly. But with things like Pinterest, TikTok, YouTube, they are and yeah, exactly as evergreen. They are constantly running 24-7. They are like a 24-7 quick, quickie mart for your business that people can access whenever they like when you are sleeping you are marketing and if people are not taking advantage of that then I think that would be the first step for someone who might be listening and thinking okay that that's all very well and good but what do I do get on social media and really work out your strategy work out where you sit and get in front of multiple audiences yeah speaking of youtube do you guys watch Miss Rachel? Oh, Miss Rachel's the best. We love Miss Rachel. Like, have you seen how many views she gets on those videos? Unbelievable. Millions and millions. Like, insane. She I saw is this thing on. <laughs> she is absolutely killing it. I saw this thing on. I mean, talk about marketing and branding, right? Um, I saw this thing on TikTok that was like um, pro tip dress like Miss Rachel and your child will listen to you more. <laughs> you know, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> Apparently there's an Australian version of Miss <gasps> Rachel because Shut a lot of the door. signs that she teaches are American. American, yeah. Me, me being naive, I just thought sign language was universal, mm. but it's not. Um, so there's an Australian version wow. of Miss Rachel with Australian sign language and I guess the way that they would pronounce their words yeah, articulate wow. themselves will be in an Australian accent, which I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. That is very cool and that is that is news to me. I'm going to have to go check it out. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. But it's wild to me how many views she gets mm. and, like, fair enough because even on the aeroplane when we had Wi-Fi and she wouldn't settle, I was like, well, Miss Rachel, time for a bit of Miss Rachel. <laughs> Miss Rachel, you're up. She loves it. And isn't that a lesson in, um, you know, how many people access social media and how vast and wide that audience could be? Social media can feel like it's dead and can feel like no one's tuning in, but if that's how it feels, then it's an issue with the messaging and the delivery rather than the internet. I also think people are just so keen for instant gratification where they're like, yep, mm-hmm. I'm marketing myself for these two weeks and then I'm going to launch yeah. something and it's going to blow up. Yeah. And in the reality of like that, it used to be like that. It yeah. used to be a lot easier. 100%. And we have to work a lot harder because there's so many more people on every single platform. But people need to understand that it's not just about a couple of posts and then all of a sudden all the leads are going to come back. Like, yeah. I remember when I was working towards hitting 10,000 followers on my Instagram and I had a legit strategy of things I was doing every day or every second day and I could predict how many followers I would get per week and then when I would hit 10,000K and, sorry, 10,000, yeah, 10,000 followers. And then if I wanted to get there faster, I would just do more of those things. That literally is not possible on Instagram anymore. Like no. the amount of time that you would have to spend engaging to get the same results that you used to be able to get five years ago 
would you'd be on it as a full-time job and then the drop-off rate would be significant and you'd have no real connections and all that kind of you know all of the pitfalls that come from that um but I think what maybe is the flip side of that which is quite good is that now numbers don't translate as much to leads and sales so yes depending on how many clientele you have has pretty much nothing to do with your follower count yeah and then like I think what also people need to just be okay with that you don't need to have a huge amount of followers or engagement per post in order to get the amount of leads that you need like you really need to just speak to one person per post yeah yeah and I know that that's easier said than done for a lot of businesses but like I do all these this content and people are like, oh, but, you know, your engagement's not huge. I'm like, yeah, but it's not for everyone. I'm not, I'm not oh, trying to speak to everyone. Oh, my engagement is speak to everyone. down the like, drain. I, and I don't my engagement really is care. so bad. <laughs> and you know what? I'm making more in my business now than I ever have. It's got yeah, absolutely it's nothing to do with engagement. Yeah, exactly. Most of my clientele exactly. come from Facebook, word of mouth, um, or referrals from other people, which I guess is technically word of mouth. And the thing is that most people that buy from you, a lot of the time they don't engage. A lot of the time they sit there yes. quietly and they watch, they don't engage, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, I've been following you for ages and I yeah. like your product or service. And you're like, oh. That happens to me all the time. Yeah. Mm. So true now that you mention that. Mm. Anyway, thank you so much for this conversation it's been very valuable I'm so um, glad yes hopefully any mamas out there listening hopefully it's been valuable for you as well I will pop Georgie's insta below in the show notes but it's the underscore women's underscore collective and she can tell you a little bit about what she's got to offer as well oh yes great I'm on uh my spiel <laughs> I was so deep in mum chat that I forgot all about it. Um, Okay, so I think probably what best describes me is I'm a digital marketer, uh, brand strategizer. I pretty much take your brand from concept to creation and I can jump in anywhere along that point depending on how far you've been able to get by yourself. Uh, looking at the basic things like social media management, content creation, but I also do UGC Uh, campaigns and influencer campaigns Um, and I also spend a lot of time actually doing launches so a lot of clients will come to me and say hey I've got a new product or a new service I want to launch it you know how do I go about that so that's kind of my thing anything that I can jump in and just chuck some creative spin on and then leave you to keep rolling with is my jam and your content is just so beautiful Oh, thank you. So there's there's so much value there and you have what what is it the sun sunny room? Oh yeah, sun room. Yeah, that's incredible. Sunroom. Actually, that's a whole as a whole podcast for a whole other day, but um that is a membership, a private membership app. So it was um created by Michelle Battersby who used to run Bumble or who was the marketing director of Bumble. And then she was at Kick for a while and she's teamed up with another um, woman who was on who was doing Hinge and they've come up with this, um, yeah, this subscription platform where you can share anything and everything that you want to share and um, it's a great place for connection on a deeper level with an audience that might not necessarily need um, a service that you're providing but want to know more about you or want to get tidbits in general. It's a really cool platform and I think that my prediction for social media is that in the next two to five years we're really going to be moving more into the membership space because people are getting sick of all the crap that's on social media and they would mm-hmm. rather pay five bucks a month to follow their favorite creator and see actual content that's not clickbait, that's not an ad for something else, that is real connection. I think people are going to yeah. want to take that into their hands a little bit more as a, into their own hands instead of just being advertised to on every platform. Hot take. Yes. I love that and I completely agree. I'm so sick of seeing all the same shit over and over and over. I feel yeah. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank You're you for welcome. tuning in to this episode. 
Um, and I will talk to you guys next week because I'm gonna gonna come back with more regular episodes again. You got this, Mama. Anyway, thank you. Bye.